Welcome to the Three Count Podcast, where it's, and I'm going to channel my inner William Regal here, War Games. I'm your host, Dylan Chambers, and joining me is the honorary heart, Ben Hobden. Hey. Welcome to the show. Good to see you, Dylan. It's been a long week, mate. We've, we've, we've struggled to get this going, but we're doing it now. We have. We, we know Survivor Series was a few days ago, but we're still going to give you our reactions. There's still a lot happening in the world of wrestling. So sit back and enjoy. You know, we're going to take you through the card match by match with our thoughts and ratings. But we're going to have a fun draft this week. Uh, in honor of War Games, we're going to draft the best cage match spots. Now, that can include cages, Hell in a Cells, uh, chamber matches, you know, war games matches, you name it. So if it involves a cage and a high spot, we're going to draft it. Uh, now, make sure you follow us on the socials at 3 Count Pod and Twitter and Facebook at 3 Count Podcast on Instagram. Watch you on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button. Uh, or if you have any feedback or suggestions for drafts, please hit us up, 3 Pod at Outlook.com. Now that we've got, uh, you know, the necessities out of the way, Benny, let's get to the news. What do you have for me? Mate, the biggest news that I've read this week is Randy Orton. His, uh, his injury looks like he's going to be out for a long time and they're not sure he's going to come back. Very sad for Randy. I mean, they had such a, I, I know you were skeptical of it, but they had a good thing going uh, with uh, him and Riddle. Yeah, and um, it was going to lead to something. We all know it was going to lead probably to WrestleMania and stuff like that. So that they've gone on another tangent now. But look, it, it's not looking good for Randy. There's there's been stories that he's had some injury. The injury is as bad as a few other people that haven't come back. So I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried. Very sad if we never see Randy wrestle again. Oh, he's um, one of my faves. He's he's number five all time for me. So I mean, I'm well, he's almost on the Mount Rushmore. Almost, almost, almost. almost. No, just build another bit of the, it's all right. Don't worry about it. We're just chucking on there. <laughs> well, let's stick with injuries. Now, uh, Robert Roode has just undergone successful neck surgery. Yes. Uh, so so he'll be out uh, for a little while longer, but hopefully uh, we'll see him back fighting fit. Um, someone who hasn't been injured, but uh, has been out of action, Charlotte Flair has begun training again. Uh, she's been training with Zoe Stark and Alba Fire uh, in NXT, so hopefully gearing up to uh, a bit of a return soon. We've been calling it for a while now, so you'd think she's going to be finally coming back. Obviously, everybody's thinking Rumble, but uh, I don't want her to win the Rumble. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when Rumble comes around, but uh, hopefully she's back before then and builds up something before that. Absolutely, Charlotte Flair. They've been teasing with vignettes for the past couple of months, so yeah, got to happen soon. Uh, another person reportedly on their way to WWE is Eric Young. Um, yes. Maybe to pick up the the sanity link again, you know, uh, Nikki Ash, who is not Nikki Ash anymore. Um, you know, to come back, you know, her husband was in sanity as well. Could they reform sanity? Well, there was big talk of him coming back, but possibly only as a producer as well. So that's what he does have a good wrestling mind and stuff. So he might not be a wrestler, maybe a producer. So that could be interesting. Absolutely. Apparently uh, they brought back the Brian Kendrick as a producer for Ronda Rousey's match uh, at Survivor Series as well, giving him a, a bit of a tryout, I guess. So 
God maybe knows that didn't work and we'll talk about that soon. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, um, another person back, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox returns. Took the words yeah. out of my mouth, Benny. Yes. So a bit of an unexpected one there. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. Like, obviously, Triple H does like bringing people back. But, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. No, no. Um, now, we had Sarah Logan return. She has undergone a WWE name change. Uh, she is now Valhalla, Valhalla, which I don't mind. It fits in with their the Viking Raiders thing. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that one. Does yeah, it does, but uh, not uh, great. But uh, you know, will we see her even wrestle? Maybe she's just kind of going to be, you know, the Scarlet kind of character with the the Viking Raiders. A, she wasn't a bad wrestler, to be honest. So no. like, I'd prefer her to wrestle, but who's she going to wrestle against? They need to do like a a bit of a three-way thing, you know, two guys, her. So we'll see how that goes. They'll have to work her in. Um, now, Ricochet won the WWE World Cup. Uh, definitely an upset. Uh, I know that because I put money on uh, Santos Escobar to win and that did not come about. Well, I think the upset was more in the semi, was it not? True, true. Um, in saying that, you know, I should have known better because... USA, they want USA to win the World Cup. Didn't Shane McMahon win the last one? Yeah, yeah. Come on. They certainly didn't win the World Cup soccer, those Netherlands. Um, But yeah, it it kind of, it made sense to me after the win. I was like, ah, they're not going to have USA lose the World Cup uh, in WWE. In any case, we move on. (laughs) Uh, That call from Triple H. Now, another call from Triple H is, uh, if you haven't watched the the post uh, Survivor Series press conference, uh, it was actually kind of a bit of a fun watch, especially the the Triple H part. Now he was talking about Hell in a Cell and removing it as a pay per view, but possibly keeping Money in the Bank and uh, you know uh, keeping Money in the Bank. And there was another he was going to keep as well. Um, maybe he's talking about War Games, but if you he wanted to say if you can challenge a person to that match then it shouldn't be a pay-per-view. Perfect. I've been saying that for how long? Exactly. I can challenge you to Hell in a Cell, so it shouldn't be a pay-per-view. It should be a match. But I can't challenge you to an elimination chamber. I can't challenge you to a money in the bank. So they have to stay as they are, which made sense to me. It was a good point by Triple H. So no more Hell in a Cell. Money in the bank should still be at WrestleMania. Yes. Well, we will see. Now, speaking of WrestleMania... Apparently, uh, they're moving the WWE draft, uh, which, you know, they kind of have at odd times, but they're going to do it post-WrestleMania, which absolutely makes 100% sense. Agreed. So, yeah, WWE draft, post-WrestleMania. Um, Benny, excited to see the return of Lacey Evans? No, not at all. <laughs> have never been excited about her at any stage in her career. So they've repackaged Lacey Evans for the 458th time. Um, although it's a repackage, which is kind of the same as one of the old packages. So Over and over again. <clears throat> Good Nelly song, over and yeah. over again. That it, that it was. But I, I don't... Time to cut bait. Yeah. The only time I liked Lacey Evans was when she made out with Ric Flair just to get <laughs> Charlotte. And they were going to do the whole baby angle or something like that. That was going to be fun. Not really, but that was the best kind yeah. of situation. That was well, Ric Flair's way. back on good terms with WWE. Let's go back to it. Let's have a two-year-old there and just say, hey, look. 
Is he though? Because I have also heard that he's going to come out and give his own response to that whole uh, flight from hell thing. He's going to after that. So they've WWE Network have done a documentary with him, really, um, which is just about to to launch very soon. So, um, and he says his side of the story will come out. So I guess it's going to be on the on the network now. Speaking of the network. Hey, hey. Speaking of the network, uh, the network will uh, cease to be very soon. Uh, WWE has moved all of its services over to Binge, KO, Foxtel. So as of today, we had the the first live Raw on KO, which was very exciting. And also they see it on Binge, on Foxtel. So uh, and all the premium live events included in your subscription now. And Steph, uh, Stephanie McMahon came out and said that she's looking at doing a stadium show in Australia. Absolutely. So that's she, massive. She was talking about the Foxtel deal and what we can do to increase viewers over here. And yeah. a stadium show was it came straight out of her lips. So watch this space. Uh, bring it all could, to you guys. That's right. There, there could be a big stadium show in Australia. And, uh, you know, it looks like they might be planning one for India very soon as well. Oh, does that mean we get the modern-day Maharaja versus uh, Roman? Possibly. It has Possibly. to be, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. In uh, What's the, the bamboo structure? Oh, yes. Yeah, the Punjabi prison match. <laughs> the Punjabi prison match. Hopefully, yeah. we do not see that. Uh, but in any case, that's exciting. Hopefully, we get a stadium show over here. And, you know, we've had some great stadium shows over here in the past. The Super Showdown had a great card. I mean, it probably wasn't the greatest pay-per-view ever, but, you know, to be able to see The Undertaker and Triple H and all those guys uh, yeah. and uh, the, the Global Warning Tour many, many years back, you know, we had Brock and The Rock and Triple H and Stone Cold. So uh, it would be good to see another stadium show come over here. Definitely. Well, Benny, let's move on to the Survivor Series card. We kicked things. What did you think of, of, of as a whole of the Survivor Series pay-per-view? Well- Looking at my statistics right here in front of me, it wasn't great. When I watched it, I enjoyed it. And then when I looked at each match back and then gave him a rating and I looked over it overall, it was a struggle, to be honest. Have we been influenced by the really great pay-per-views we've seen in the Triple H era? Like, if we saw this War Games, the first one out of the Vince McMahon era, would we have gone, that was freaking amazing? Probably, yeah. Probably. But like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, the regular weekly shows of WWE are great, but AEW's regular weekly shows struggle. Whereas AEW's pay-per-views deliver and WWE pay-per-views are like good recently, but have been a struggle in the past. And this one went back into the struggle situation for me. Okay, absolutely. Well, let's, let's get into the card. We kick things off with the women's war game match. Uh, Bel Air, Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch against Damage of Control, Ripley, and Cross. Uh, Bel Air and Kai started for the teams. Cross and Bailey, they came in and brought a lot of weapons in. Uh, the match was mayhem, lots of weapons used, a few big spots, some of which didn't really work. Uh, but it all ended when Becky hit a leg drop from the top of the cage on Kai and Sky to get the pin. What'd you think, Ben? But look, the leg drop was impressive. There was a couple of good spots, but for me, it felt like there was just too much in the ring that didn't get used, and it just wasn't that whole factor. Like, why did they bring in so much and not use it? 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. I thought there was way too much stuff in the ring. For me, it was like, I didn't really want them to use it. I just wanted there to be less stuff in the ring. Yeah, like just wrestle. Like just just use your moves and like let's just try and push that women's evolution further by doing what you need to do. They tried to bring in too much and just tried to make it more what the fans wanted without being what the fans wanted. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure it needed 740 kendo sticks in there, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, so well, what did you rate it? Overall, I gave it a one and a half, but I probably should have gave it a one. I gave it a one and a half too. Like it did what it needed to do. Yes. It's kind of ugly, kind of slow at points, too many weapons, but because it did what it needed to do and it was still enjoyable and you know, the leg drop from the top of the cage was cool. I gave it a one and a half count. I was just um, about to say the, the extra half count probably came from the leg drop off the top of the cage of the table. That's probably what pushed it over. Now, I was speaking about the, the post-pay-per-view or PLE, as we should call them these days, hey. press conference. And Triple H was actually talking about uh, Becky and him going through that spot and how, you know, she's only just come back from injury mm. um, and she straight away wanted to do that spot. And he was just like in awe that, you know, she climbed up and wanted to do it. So um, it's kind of cool. You get that, uh, you know, he's, he's being real. Yeah, but I guess Becky is also like a team player. Like she's for the company, you know what I mean? I guess... And, and her husband is as well. Seth's for the company. We know Seth's for the company. And Becky seems to be that same kind of way. So I guess they're two people that Triple H can lean on. Absolutely. What do we see happening with the Raw Women's title from here, Benny? Well, obviously, today we had the couple of elimination matches, um, which the winners weren't people who I expected. No, we and, had uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Bailey. Yeah. But we also see the stare down between Rhea and Becky. So I guess it's one of those things, where do they go from here? Obviously, I think they're still going to lean into Bailey versus uh, your mate Bianca one more time. I think we're probably going to have... <laughs> roll your eyes. Yes, uh, I think we're going to have Becky and Rhea a little bit go ahead to head. And then it's going to lead to probably... I don't know where they're going to go, but I think... I think a Becky Rhea Belair triple threat match at Rumble could be good. Could be. I I, I kind of see. Okay, let's. Uh, you know, they're pushing Ripley right now. I yeah. see Ripley Becky at the Rumble, and then possibly giving Ripley a, a push at the title. I don't know if that'll happen at Mania, but uh, they've certainly teased that. Obviously, they teased Ripley and Becky. Um, you know, it's rumored that Belair is going to have a WrestleMania match against Charlotte. Um, they have been teasing something with Bliss as well, you know, with the she oh, wasn't paying attention yeah. and some of the Bray stuff. Um, it'll be interesting, but I feel like they're actually working towards like a more of a Bailey and Becky feud at the moment, right? Like, yeah, possibly. There's a lot of ways they can go with it. In any case, okay, let's move on. AJ Styles and Finn Balor in a back and forth encounter that. Led to Judgment Day and OC battling outside the ring and leaving Styles and Balor alone. Styles looked like getting the win with the calf crusher. Finn made a comeback, but then Styles ended up getting the win. What did you think? Look, once they got all the schmozzle out of the way of the other teams, like, and we spoke about this and you said you thought it was going to be an amazing match, but then it kind of, uh, and I agree with you. Once they got all that sh stuff out of the way, um, it sort of broke down a little bit and it was a good 
back and forth match between the two. I think we can see more from these two, 100%. But just the whole team factor and, and the OC and the Judgment Day coming into it just kind of, it ruins it for it. You know, if they were two individual people going at it, it could be one of the best feuds of the year next year. Uh, hopefully they can possibly get to that or they could go away from it for a while and then come back to it, maybe SummerSlam or something like that. Give it a six-month burn. Um, look, I gave it a two count. Um, I thought it was a good match, and I think AJ winning was the right decision. Absolutely. You know, that was his first singles pay-per-view win in three years. Yeah, we, we talked about – I said to you on the preview or maybe two previews ago, I said AJ hasn't won a premium live event match in a very long time. I didn't know how long it was. But then once after the match, I was like, it's been three years. That's crazy. Now, it that's is company cra- it was crazy. If that's not a company man, I don't know what he is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I gave it a two count as well. Like you said before, like I think expectations hurt this match a lot. Yeah. You expected it to be an absolute bomb burner. And it was a really, really good match. It was. It but the expectations more. hurt it. Yeah. Um, so... Has this feud ended with Judgment Day and the OC? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's a long burn that we can come back to. Yeah. Yeah. I think they tried to end it on the, on the Raw following Survivor Series, and now it looks like OC, uh, you know, no, sorry, Judgment Day are kind of fighting down the Street Profits now. And yeah. who knows where they'll go? It's 1 1, right? It's 1 1, essentially. It wasn't a one on one match at first, but it's 1 1. You come back to it in a, in a few months, and or like you can tease it at the Rumble if you want. You know they can they can be the only two in the ring at one stage. Yeah. They can have a barnstorming little one on one for two minutes or something, and then we can go from there. Yeah, I'll be interested to see when uh, Damian Priest gets a singles match again. It feels like it's been a while since he's had one. Yeah, probably that's a good taking point. A, taking a backseat to Finn. All right, let's move on the SmackDown Women's Championship match: Rod, Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. Rousey had control of this one for most of it. It was a fun spot where spot where Shotzi took out Rousey, Baszler, and some planted vans, no doubt, uh, in a dive. Uh, but Rousey got her in the armbar for the submission win. I'll get through this quick. I gave it a one count. Uh, Rousey's still got a lot to lot of work to do to put on a good match. Uh, Shotzi kind of held her own, but it was not a good looking match. Look, I gave it a half count, and it was not good. The whole spot with the DDT on the outside. Why, like, Rousey held onto the rope. It looked terrible. Yeah. There was, it was just, I don't know, like, she wasn't selling properly. Shotzi tried to do a few things, but she didn't look good either. I, I just really struggled through this one. It was a half count for me, and, like, and that was a stretch. I mentioned they brought Brian Kendrick in to produce this match, but yeah. um, they've, they've just really got, I mean, Rousey's got, you know, a lot of disadvantages when it comes to her. She hasn't grown up through it. She, you know. She, she came straight in as, she, she as a just, champion. They need to work around what she can do and what she can't do. And um, they certainly didn't do that there. But like, go back to when she wore like the gi and everything else. And they used the gi in the match and all that kind of stuff with the, with the strap and everything. Like they, they steered into that skid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was different. Now they just, I don't, you know, she, ever since she's come back, she just, her mic work isn't great either. The fans hate her. Like, I just, I, I struggle with it, you know? It's it's really bad. And if they're trying to push her versus Charlotte at at Mania or her versus Becky at Mania or even if Sasha comes back or whatever, like, they're talking about doing the female match with Ronda on night one. 
Nobody's going to want that at night one yeah. at WrestleMania. They need. I know, I know we're four months away from that, but still, I'm telling you now, nobody wants that now. No, like, and, and it's got to be. It's got to be Charlotte, Becky, or um, Sasha. You know, someone who can carry Ronda through the match. Exactly right. Yeah. Even, um, Belair, even if it was title for title with Belair or something like Belair's not going to carry Ronda through the match. Belair's amazing, but Ronda's going to try and do too much against Belair because Belair's so dominant. Yeah. Ronda wants to be the dominant one, whereas the other three can sell for her and carry her through that. And I just don't think it's going to work. I tell you what I don't mind about Rousey, and that's uh, Baszler. Yeah. I like I like the whole the dynamic they've got there. You know, they're the two. Baszler's almost like her attack dog. Yeah. You know, she'll go out. I hope I hope the aim is for them to take on each other, but I hope they slow play it. Yeah, uh, make him the tag champs then. Yeah, slow play it. Do a, do a Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter deal. You know, it's something like that. Um, yeah, exactly AEW right. did that so well. And, you know, maybe, you know, Rousey's trying to instill confidence in Baszler. You need to get back to being this absolute killer. Maybe, you know, in the end, she just realizes, well, I'm going to kill you then. So, Well, yeah, yeah. Rousey loses the title, and then Rousey helps Baszler win the title, essentially, like you said, with the AEW. And then, like, we're probably going to see that in AEW coming. And I mean, we we forget that Baszler was one of the most dominant NXT champions we've ever seen. You know, she's been kind of put on on the slow burner for a while for WWE, and uh, I hope they really slow play this out, but do it well because I think Baszler could be a really good dominant champion. Agree. Completely. All right, let's move on. We talked enough about that match, which we probably didn't too warrant much about that match. Um, now, this match we should talk about the US Championship Triple Threat match: Rollins, Lashley, and Theory. Great action, great storytelling, false finishes galore, an unpredictable end, except to some people who put some money hey. on Austin Theory. Uh, but Theory got the pin after Lashley speared Rollins while he was in the middle of a Falcon Arrow. Great ending. was that? Great ending. Straight off the bat, I'll tell you, I gave it a two and a half count. Wow. Okay. Tell me more. Um, you know, I like Theory's new character. Um, you know, he's he's not playing as much of the chicken shit heel, um, yeah. but still a little bit. He got lucky with the win. Um, I think... You know, him and Rollins have probably got another date uh, in the future. Lashley's probably going to turn his attention to Lesnar. But just the way they story told in that match. Yeah. And and I love a good false finish. I mean, who doesn't love a good false finish? Um, especially when you got a few a few dollars uh, riding on it as well. Well, I texted you straight away after I watched it. And I said, great match. What a finish. It worked so well. Yeah. And that, that were my exact words. Because it just the way they did it. You know, I I said that, you know, Rollins was going to win. But you were exactly right. The way that it worked, you know, Lashley did that move and then Austin Theory essentially chicken shit win. Yeah. But then, as you said, his character recently has just been not that. And it's kind of a half-half at the moment. And I like that. And they're going to steer into both ways. He's going to be an angry person, but he's also going to run away every now and then, which yeah. is great. And the fans are going to hate him for it. And that's exactly what we want. We need the fans to absolutely hate him and him to become the biggest heel. Like Rollins was a couple of years ago. He, like, it's, he's got, the he's got a lot of Rollins qualities to him. It, well, he was part of Rollins's t- 
team when Rollins was the Messiah, wasn't he not? Him and Buddy uh, Murphy. Yeah. Like they were the, his two disciples. So like, I mean, they can steer into that a little bit as well. You know, so, I mean, I, I, it was a great match. I gave it a two count, but I almost gave it a two and a half, but I gave it a two count. I think it was a great match and a great finish. I mean, I don't, I don't want to blow too much smoke up Austin Theory's ass, but he's he's one of those, he doesn't botch moves. No, he's he so crisp in the ring um, that, yeah, I mean, you kind of, sometimes that gets lost in the matches, just how, you know, just good they are at, taking bumps and, you know, performing all the moves uh, without botching anything. And he's just one of those guys just so crisp. Well, almost spoiler, I was going to put this into the draft and I don't know if you will or not, but that whole Lesnar and him in the uh, elimination chamber stuff, that was, that was really good. I didn't put it into my draft picks, but like, remember, like he was really good with that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, that that just uh, lends itself to other people wanting to work with you too. Yeah. Now, if you're putting them over, you're safe to work with, you look good doing everything. Okay, that's enough about Austin Theory. Uh, <laughs> I used to hate the guy and now I'm just... No, angry. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm with you. Anyway, all right, let's move on to the main event. The War Games match, the Bloodline against the Brawling Brutes, McIntyre and Owens. What Storytelling at its best. Uh, Butch and Jey Uso, they kicked things off. Holland entered. As Jimmy was about to go out, Rain stopped him and sent out Sammy instead. Some great storytelling there. Tension between Sammy and Jay. I mean, this was really the Sammy and Jay show. You know, Jay hit Sammy with a super kick accidentally. You know, some good spots, but uh, it was mostly about telling the story in this match. You know, Zayn stopped the referee's arm coming down for a three count after Owens hit Reigns with the stunner. Then Sammy ended up low-blowing KO, which allowed Jay to hit the splash and get the win. And then big hugs from Sammy and Jay afterwards. It's all about the hugs. He's, he's now a, officially a part of the bloodline. No more um, ordinary use. He's just an oose now. That's right. Uh, now, I, uh, what, did, what did you think about the match? You go first. Like you said, storytelling at its best. Um, there was a couple of things I didn't really like about the match. You know, the whole... Um, What's Seamus' uh, move when he... The 12 all... beats of the... Br- brother or something. whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. When all of them were doing it, I think that was just a bit too much. It was like, a bit on the nose. That, that, that put me off a little <laughs> bit. Um, but there was so many good good spots in the match. Uh, like you said, the storytelling of Jay and Sammy. But I gave it a two and a half count. I thought it was a really good match, but mainly for what they were building to and the storytelling of the match. Mate, you, you've basically taken what I've written here. I gave it a two and a half as well. It was a two count match, extra half count for the storytelling. Yeah. Um, great stuff. Now, Reigns kind of has three competitors in Owen, Sheamus and McIntyre. Looks like they're going towards KO and Sheamus and McIntyre set their eyes on the tag titles. Um, what I don't see happening anytime soon now, though, is the Owens and Zayn against the Usos match. No, I think it's going to build to that. It's going to definitely build to that. Um, what I seen well, while I was watching that match, I I was thinking four way match the whole time between those four, like you just said. Uh, it was looking like a four way match at Rumble or something like that. The the way they were building it, um, but then Semi doing what he did, and then Jay getting the win. I mean, that's gonna the way I say it, it's going to be hard for Owens to forgive the the low blow from Sami Zayn for a while. Elimin- uh, elimination chamber 
turns on the bloodline. You know, you've got Roman J Semi, and then you've got KO Drew and Sheamus. Yeah. Elimination Chamber, and then Semi turns. Here's a, here's boss, a quick thought. Here's a quick thought as to why they won't turn Sammy anytime soon. I guarantee you, you I'm guarantee you they're selling a lot of merch right now. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So but, yeah. Um, we will yeah. see. Anyway, in any case, it's it's freaking fun. This it's fun. Sammy it's fun. and the Usos ride. Well, I guess we go into you know the whole after the this and I sent you the picture and I said storytelling at its best. You've got Jimmy, Roman, Jay, Sammy, and then Solo over here. And there was that picture of Roman just looking. It looked like he was looking straight at Solo because everyone was cheering and Solo was just standing there like that. And it was like, why isn't he cheering? And I feel like that's where they're going to go a little bit as well. And they have steered into that a little bit. I think Solo is going to be that whole person that's going to turn a little bit. And this is where I'm going with this. They're talking about Rock coming back at Mania. Here's my thing. Solo's going to do the whole, I did it for the Rock. He's going to steer into his dad and he's going to bring the Rock in and Solo's going to cost Roman for the Rock. You heard well, it here first. You heard it here first. That You know what? That leads into what I was going to talk about next. So I don't know if you've been watching Young Rock lately, uh, but... Basically, The Rock went over to this made-up country where someone had, you know, it's in 2030-something, right, where the president had this rock shrine room. Now, they had, like, the Brahma Bull belt, and they had the Undisputed Championship belt. It was right in the middle, wasn't it? And then they had the Undisputed Blue Championship belt. Yeah. As if The Rock had won it previously. Yeah. Yeah. I did it for The Rock. He's going to do it for his dad, like the dad couldn't do it for him, and The Rock's going to challenge Roman. All right. Benny, I'd love to see the odds for that. Three Count Podcast, heard of you first. Love to see the odds. I'm not a gambling man, but I'd love to see the odds. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for Survivor Series War Games. It is time to move on to our Three Count Draft. Just quick. The best cage spots. Oh, sorry, Benny. Yes, go ahead. I feel like we just made it sound like better than what it was. At the beginning of this pod, I said it wasn't that good. And then after everything I've just said, it sounds like it was better than what it was. So I guess I did enjoy it a little bit. I don't know. It was enjoyable. Uh, It's kind of hard when you've got a pay-per-view with, what, just five matches? Yeah. Well, we didn't get our our Bray versus uh, LA Knight match that we thought. But that's going to be a long burn, like we said. But, yeah, anyway, let's move on. Draft time. Let's move on. Draft time. Best cage match spots, Benny. You have the first pick. Now, do you do you agree that there's a a one hundred and one? Do you think? What do you think the one hundred and one is? I do. I think there's two that could be one hundred and one. Well, I think they're both in the same match, but I'm going to group them into one match. Uh, you can't do that. It's best spots. So you think the two come from the one match? I do. Ah, uh, see, that's not fair because now you're going to try and tell me that the other one. Okay. Best cage match spots is the draft. All right. Well, it's King of the Ring 98. Absolutely. And Which one? Well, I agree. Best spots watching it. Or I'm going with when Undertaker threw Mankind off the top through the announce table. I think that is the kind of clear 101. Yeah, it is. And JR's commentary made it even better. 
and it was absolutely amazing watching it. As Scary. A 14-year-old kid watching that going, holy shit, what has just happened? And if you take the other one as number two or number one for you, that's fair because the other spot was probably more dangerous. Okay, well, that's exactly what I'm doing. They were my yeah. one and two. Yeah. Uh, Foley take a choke slam through the roof. King of the Ring 98, Foley with his tooth in his nose. Yeah. Um, yeah, just nasty stuff. Completely agree. Um, but yeah, so like, and they knew they knew it was going to come apart, but geez, the it fact just, that he went back out there, got back up there and did that as well. It looks so unplanned and just so like, ah, oh, that's a bump. It was, it was. That's a bump and a half. All right. All right. So number two, I've got so many here and I just don't know which one. Um, number two. It gets, it gets murky now. Well, yeah, as you, as I said, I've got I've got quite a few. Um, I think I'm going to go with exactly the same bump that you just took as your number one, and that's Triple H and Foley at No Way Out 2000. All right. He took, he took exactly the same bump, but they made it look a lot safer. But the fact that there was the indent into the ring and just the way they did it, it was a little bit safer, but it still looked very similar to the first one, and it was scary as well. Yeah. Okay. Good call there. Um, all right. This is tough. Okay. I am going to take. Oh, I guarantee is... you I've got one that you will not have. Okay. Well, I didn't have Triple H and Foley, to be honest. Really? There you go. I all didn't. Right, I give up. I'm out. See you later, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to take, it's, yeah, think of him what you will, but the Benoit headbutt off the top of the cage onto Kurt Angle in Raw in 2001, um, a headbutt, damn you, damn you. That was a headbutt saying. from the top of the cage. Um, no wonder the guy had CTE that yeah, yeah. like, that was my next bit. That was, yeah. Nasty, nasty stuff. Crazy. Oh, now, now you've made it hard. I've got... All right, I've got one here that fully loaded 2000. IC title, Rikishi versus <laughs> Val Venus. Rikishi did the splash off the top of the cage on the Val Venus. <laughs> I did have that written down. Now, if that's not a spot, I don't know what a spot is. That man is 300 and something pounds and Val Venus, took, it doesn't matter if he like lands a little bit short of him and like that's going to hurt. And that's Val took it beautifully. And off that's the, ballsy stuff from Val Venus. Off the top, Rikishi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that spot. No way. <laughs> like, Going through this, and then I, I remember it. But then when I was watching those, because like, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole, obviously, As and you I do. watched it again, and I just went, "Oh my! How did that even happen? <laughs> that was amazing! Absolute craziness!" Yeah. Um, all right. Okay, I am going to take. 
Uh, Ray Phoenix jumping off the top of the cage at All Out 2021. Um, Fair. Insane spot. Fair. Um, but those guys are insane. But, you know, it was just a simple dive. It was just a simple dive. But the height he got and just how far out he went and how high that cage was. No value for life, those guys, though. They no, just, absolutely not. Every time they get in the ring, they don't care. Absolutely not. So yeah. Ray Phoenix with my third pick. Now, you, you haven't taken anything that I was going to take, so I'm a bit... That means I've got some good honourable mentions. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good honourable mentions here. But I'm, I'm going to go with one that uh, leads to Foley going off the cage, essentially. Uh, and it was something that he watched as a youngster and made him want to do what it was. And that's Jimmy Superfly Snooker with the elbow... Madison Square Garden, 1983, off the top. That sort of set the precedent for all future cage matches. So I have to take that one. Absolutely, it did. Under Don Morocco. Yep. Um, at the time, craziness. Good year, 1983. Uh, um, 84 was better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, Jimmy Snooker off the top of the cage. Uh, great pick there. Uh, all right, I've got two to go. Um, I'm going to go with... Another AEW uh, one here. And that was the Cesaro swing on top of the Blood and Guts cage on Jericho. Uh, I remember at the time, I was just like, oh, my God. It's right there. (laughs) I I cannot believe he's doing that. And I think Jericho mentioned just how, like, freaking scared he was doing that. He said he had all the confidence in Cesaro. But, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, he just, that was still scary as any. Yeah, very scary. So, the Cesaro swing on top of the blood and guts cage. Oh, now, see, oh, I don't know which one to take. All right, I'm going to take the one that I didn't, I knew you would never take. And this is more of a, this is my last pick, right? I, I feel like this was a schmoz and it was a stupid gimmick match. But it's Halloween Havoc. 1989, Sting and Ric Flair versus Terry Funk and the Great Muda. It was a steel cage, but it had sort of a top on it, and the top of the cage was electrified. Now, if you haven't seen this, Dylan, you look like you haven't seen it. Uh, it's If I have, it's been a long time. It was one of my first memories watching it on my uncle's VHS. Halloween Havoc 89. Uh, the the two, they, there was two managers. I can't remember Gary Hart was one, and I can't remember who was the other one. Bruno Sammartino was the referee. <laughs> uh, it was a massive match in WCW, but the top of the cage was electrified. Now, Great Muda climbed up a couple of times, and he got electrified at the beginning. But then by the end of the match, he got past the electric stuff, and he was just hanging from the top of the cage. And for me, it's one of my earliest memories of a cage match, and I had to put it in here for nostalgia purposes. So Sting and... Sting and Ric Flair got the win, and uh, yeah, oh, Ollie Anderson was the uh, the other manager, and yeah, it was it was a great match. Go back. That sounds it. like a lot of people. Who was it? Muda and uh... Muda and Funk versus Sting Funk. and Ric Flair. All right, crazy. Then, I I do not Bruno, remember that one, and you're Bruno right. That was, was Bruno was the ref. Go back that was not it. on my list. Um, it's, a, it's a crazy match. I, stupid, stupid. Doesn't make any sense, but. I had to put it in here because it was what a cage match for me that I remember. Well, 
you know, a bit of an out there one for my fifth pick as well. I don't know if you you'd seen it, but I'm going to go with a TNA match. So, turning point, 2004, Elix Skipper, he walked along. Now, the cage was just a single pole. He walked along the top and then gave a Hurricane Rana to James Storm. And it just, off the top of the cage, you know, the the walking along was crazy. The Hurricane Rana was crazy. As he was Um, walking, though, he went like that. I don't know how he kept himself up there. Oh, yeah. Primetime Elix Skipper, man. He was one of my faves. Uh, and yeah, that spot was just incredible. Yeah, um, great spot. So Elix, Elix Skipper with my fifth pick there. Yeah. All right, Benny, it's time for honorable mentions. Who you got? Uh, we've got Shane and Taker at WrestleMania 32. Yep. That's surely one. Um, Rikishi off the top of the pay, off the top of the cell into the back of the truck. An arm again. Yep. Yep. Uh, what else have I got? I've got. Uh, I've got one for you, actually. CM Punk versus Ryback and Paul Heyman. Okay. I didn't uh, have this one. At the end of the match, Punk got up on top of the cage. Because Heyman he hid on top of the cage the whole time, on top of the cell. And then Punk got up there, smashed him with the kendo stick, and then gave him the GTS on top of the, the cell. Right. So, yeah, that was, that okay. was an interesting one. And then what else have I got? Uh, Take a HBK 97. You know, it was the it was the Kane introduction, but earlier in the match, you know, HBK was hanging off the top and they went through the announce table. Yep. I think that was another good one. Yeah. That was like the the precursor to the McFoley going off the top. Yeah. Yeah. Well that was the first ever hell of a cell. So yeah. Yeah. They they were my honorable mentions. All right. So I had uh now Kurt Angle does a brilliant moonsault just in general, but he did one from the top of the cage at TNA lockdown against uh mr anderson uh in 2010 which was just you gotta see it to believe it um i had i originally had the rvd five-star frog splash in the elimination chamber uh but then i rewatched it and it didn't look that great it it, originally in memory it looks great but then if you rewatch it it was it it was a good idea it was awkward but it was very yeah he didn't he had to go out instead of up and that was tough for him yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Whisper in the Wind from the top of the cage on Umaga in oh, 2008 yeah. on an episode of Raw. Um, I feel like there's a few Shane O'Mac ones. So he did another one, the exact same spot he against, did against Taker against uh, when he was uh, against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He was going for the elbow drop off the top oh, of the oh. cage. Sami Zayn uh, moved yeah. Kevin Owens out of the way. Uh, and the Ricochet double moonsault at War Games in 2018. That, that should have probably been in one of our picks, to be honest. That, yeah. that was amazing. And uh, the last one I had, which is from that uh, Blood and Guts match as well, which I drafted once for, was Eddie Kingston throwing Sammy Guevara off the cage. Yeah. Which was uh, a very scary spot. But What, what about a non-honorable mention was when Chris Jericho went off the top through some cardboard boxes. <laughs> remember that one? I do remember that yeah, one. That, that was a non-honorable mention, but yeah. Yeah, there's been some great spots <laughs> along the way. Uh, so, Benny, you got Foley and Taker thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell. Uh, you got Triple H and Foley at No Way Out. Uh, Rikishi splashing Val Venus off the top of the cage. There's famous Jimmy Snooker splash off the top of the cage on Don Morocco. And Sting and Flair and Great Muda and Terry Funk at Halloween. Go watch it. I'm telling 89. you. 89. I will. It. That's going to be my work day tomorrow. 
Halloween Havoc 89. <laughs> That's your homework. That's my homework. Okay, I had Foley and Taker, the choke slam through the roof of Hell in a Cell, uh, the Benoit headbutt off the top of the cage on Kurt Angle, Ray Phoenix taking out everyone in at All Out 2021, the Cesaro swing on top of the Blood and Guts cage on Jericho, and Elix Skipper walking the tightrope before doing a Hurricane Rana at TNA Turning Point 2004. Prime time. Good draft. Good draft. I enjoyed that. That yeah. was good. Um, well, that is it for the show this week. And that is it for 2022 for the Three Count Podcast. We're going to be back in 2023. We're going to preview Benny's favorite show of the year, the Royal Rumble. The Rumble. It's coming up. It's coming up. Thanks for joining us, Benny. Thank you very much, Dill. Have a good Christmas. Everybody out there, have a great, happy holidays, and we'll see you in 2023. Absolutely. Good, Chrissy. Happy New Year, and we'll see you again next time on the Three Count Podcast. Yeah!